Hey everyone, this is David from Wisconsin. I'm Jack's podcast producer. I just wanted to remind you real quick that Jack has a podcast hotline. You can leave him a voicemail at 920-415-4525. All you got to do is leave your name, where you're from, roughly, and then your question or comment, whatever. Jack really does want to hear from you. Again, that number is 920-415-4525. You can also text your questions to that number or email jack at jack.hager at gmail.com. All of those contacts will be in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. I hope you're doing well this day. Thanks for tuning in. John 3.16, said to be the most popular verse ever. Perhaps it is. I think Matthew 7.1 is the most abused verse nowadays. Judge not lest to be judged, but that's for another time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what John 3.16 says. Do I, do we, really believe that? I've been pondering a question. How much does one have to believe in order to be a Christian? And I reflect back to Tom Green County Jail in San Angelo, Texas. In January of 1974, I'd been arrested earlier in December. I was awaiting extradition to the left coast, sitting in a jail cell, bored to life, read a wacky book that introduced me to the book, began reading the Bible, and over a period of about two or three weeks, I'm not sure, the Holy Spirit, without my permission, convicted me of my sin, drew me to the Savior, and I was converted, saved, born again, whatever term floats your boat, on January 30th, 1974. I'm not sure, but I rather doubt that I believed in the virgin birth at that moment. Although I was against abortion, just as a matter of course, if for no other reason it could have been me, I hadn't realized that all life begins by God, although it should be patently obvious. I was disgusted with homosexuality, but at that point, I didn't know it was sin. I didn't know about 24-hour creation days. I didn't know about the miracles, really. Didn't know a whole lot about nothing, except that I was lost, in trouble, and needed a Savior. By God's grace, I began 2 Peter 3.18ing, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that has continued to this day. None of us are mature. Hopefully, a lot of us are maturing. None of us know it all, although some of us act like it. And there are some things that are just kind of debatable, but in my opinion, not winnable, like the present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit and the security or lack thereof of the believer. Like pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, don't give a trib. Like those 24-hour days, are they literal, figurative? Those things are important. Doctrine is important. But I'm not going to go to heaven or hell based on what I think about eschatology. I'm not going to go to heaven or hell based on what I think about literal days of creation. I'm not going to go to heaven or hell based on, well, 
based on my view of abortion? In other words, does a Christian have to believe that abortion terminates life in order to be or to stay a Christian? Does a Christian have to believe that homosexual activity is sinful in order to be a Christian? I think we'd all agree, I hope, that a young Christian, depending on how we define young, may not be aware of the necessity of the virgin birth. They might not, not even be aware of the Bible's prohibition against homosexual activity. And by the way, I use that word activity advisedly because temptation is not sin. I was at a uh, two or three day teaching on biblical counseling at a local seminary a couple years ago. And a lot of the stuff was good and I was okay with a lot of the stuff until one of the teachers who had more initials after his name than I do said that homosexual temptation was sin. What? Temptation isn't sin. No temptation is sin. The word of God says Jesus was tempted in all things, yet remained without sin. But anyway, does one have to believe that homosexuality is a sin in order to be saved? Does one have to believe, well, fill in the blank, in order to be saved? I think it's worth thinking about. Why? I believe we, as followers of Christ, need to take a stand on social issues, but we need to do it in a way that is loving, kind, and gracious. I don't want to get in an argument about CRT, at least at this point, but I'm pretty sure nobody's going to go to heaven or hell based on what they think about CRT. I'm pretty sure no one's going to go to heaven or hell based on what version of the Bible they appreciate the most. I know nobody's going to go to heaven or hell based on whether the fact they listen to traditional hymns or contemporary Christian music or gasp, secular, rock and roll. And yet, what do we spend the most time fighting about? If homosexuality is sin, and yes, I believe it is, if the practice of homosexuality is sin, what happens then? In other words, let's say this. In fact, I'll, I'll just be very candid with you. I have a daughter who is currently living a gay lifestyle. Again, words are important. Notice I didn't say she was a lesbian. I said she's currently practicing a gay lifestyle. Why is that important? Well, in my view, if I say she's a lesbian, that's her identity. And from that, you could say she was born that way, when in fact, I'll say, uh-uh, she was not born that way. All of us were born with a sin nature. All of us were born with sin as a natural course of our life. And I think there can be some arguments made that some of us are born with more of a tendency to some sins based on genetics and other things. 
but I don't want to make that argument here. A couple years ago, when I was traveling to a speaking engagement, my daughter called me. Actually, she texted me, and she said, or typed, Dad, can a person be gay and a Christian at the same time? My response to her was, we're not going to do this via text. I don't even want to do it over the phone. I'd prefer to do it face-to-face. But a week or so later, I was in a position where I could call her, and I called her. And I told her what I was going to say was my opinion, not substantiated fact. I said irrevocably, the practice of homosexuality is sin, period. End of sentence, nothing follows. And then I said, Janelle, my daughter, I want to give you a hypothetical situation. If you were to find out that uh, a week ago when I was traveling, I stopped in Chicago, spent the night, and while there, engaged in sex with a prostitute or picked up some chick at a bar and had sex with her, would that automatically make you think that I wasn't a Christian? And she said, no. And probably one of the reasons she said no is because First Jack 1.8 says any Christian is capable of any sin at any time. And I said, well, Janelle, what if you were to find out that almost every time I went on the road for the last 30 years, when I was away from mom, I picked up a hooker or picked up somebody and had sex? What would you think then? There was a long pause, and she said, well, I guess I'd think you weren't a Christian based on everything you've taught me. And I would agree with her. So I said, Janelle, if we say we have fellowship with him, meaning Jesus, if we say we have fellowship with him, but practice darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. That's according to 1 John. It's a continuous action verb. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but continuously walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Therefore, I told her, and I say to you, if I am comfortable in the practice of homosexuality, if it doesn't grieve me, bother me, etc., then I'd be pretty sure that I was not a Christian. On the other hand, if that tendency was mine, and I occasionally succumbed to the temptation and engaged in homosexual sex, I do not think that would automatically mean I was not a follower of Christ. Now stick with me on this. So I told her, I wish First John said they went out from us because they were not never of us, which is what it does say. But I wish it said if they go out from you for more than three weeks, if they go out from you for more than three years, then they were never of us. It's not as cut and dried as I think we make it. Now, I do think that all sexual sin has a different flavor, if you will, to it. There's a first Corinthians six and other verses that discuss sexual sin being sin against the body. 
I do know that homosexual sin is no more heinous a sin than heterosexual adultery or heterosexual premarital sex or sex with a dog or anything else. Sexual sin is sexual sin. So I'm thinking that the practice of sin seems to be a determination as to whether the person sinning is in fact a child of God. However, gluttony is a sin. Lying is a sin. Gossip, according to Proverbs, is a sin that God hates. So can someone who's always gossiping in fact be a Christian? If your answer to that is yes, then how does that differ from someone who engages in homosexual sex? I'd be interested in what you think. I'm not interested in being yelled at, and I promise I won't yell at you. But my contact information is always attached to this podcast, and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your opinions. All of that to say, to reiterate, to beg, yes, stand for the truth on social issues. But do so in a way that is loving. And even if you do so in a way that is loving, you're still going to be called homophobic because apparently phobic is now synonymous with opinion. But don't fuel the fire by being a jerk about it. Don't fuel the fire by being obnoxious about it. Don't fuel the fire by coming across harshly. Whether it's a one-on-one conversation or a blog post or a sermon or whatever, yes, this is sin. It's not unforgivable sin because the only unforgivable sin is unbelief, but it is sin. And that is why I desperately, desperately try whenever I talk about homosexuality to say, yes, it is in fact sin. But what I said earlier, just as heterosexual sin outside the bonds of marriage is sin and other sexual sins are sin. In other words, homosexuality is it the horrible, 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 horrible sin and other sins are only kind of horrible. Sin is sin. And I want to make sure that people somehow understand that I will not waffle on the fact that homosexual activity is sin. But neither will I waffle on the fact that God loves my daughter so much more than I do, just as he loves every homosexual, every adulterer, every liar, every prideful person, every whatever you're thinking about right now. God loves, and he so loves that he gave his son that whosoever believes, trusts, relies on, clings to Jesus will be saved. In an ideal world, that person begins to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. 
which is why I personally think you have no right to introduce somebody to Jesus unless you're willing, if possible, to get involved in their discipleship. But beyond that, a person, a newborn Christian, is a newborn Christian. They're a baby. They can't know much. They probably don't know much. But as time goes on, hopefully they know some. It's always been amazing to me how much I expect of newborn Christians more than I expected of myself. Perhaps you're guilty of the same sin. I need to believe in Jesus, to trust in him, to cling to him, to rely on him in order to be a Christian, in order to be born again, in order to be saved. Keep unpacking and thinking about what do I have to believe in order to be, or depending on your theology, to stay a Christian. Now, I'll be frank with you, personally, I believe in quote-unquote eternal security, simply because I believe that's what the Word of God teaches. However, I'm just familiar enough with the Bible to know that I could say, hey, A, eternal security, B, you can lose your salvation, flip a coin, and whichever one comes up, prove to most people, using nothing but Scripture, that you can lose your salvation or you can't lose your salvation. You get what I'm saying? Now, I'd be taking Scripture out of context, perhaps, but maybe, just maybe, God's Word is a little fuzzy on that for a purpose, but that's for another topic. What must I do to be saved? And by the way, regarding eternal security, although that is my belief, it's a mountain on which I won't die. In other words, I'll hang out with Nazarenes and Assembly of God. I'll hang out with people who believe you can lose your salvation uh, because they're saved. We may disagree just as I hang around with pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. What are you, Jack? I'm trying to live for Jesus now. I don't want to be embarrassed at his coming. Quite frankly, I'm not sure about my eschatology. I'm still working that out, and I'm okay with that. In other words, I don't know. I do know this. Jesus is coming back. He's not going to be early. He's not going to be late. And he's coming for me. I hope you know that too. Think on these things. Share your opinions with me graciously. And remember, we're not going to win somebody to Christ by convincing them that homosexuality is a sin. We're not going to win somebody to Christ by convincing them that abortion is murder. We're not going to win somebody to Christ by proving our particular slant on some things that Christians disagree about. Maybe that's why the Apostle Paul said, I made known to you that which is of first importance. Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture. Keep it simple, brother. Keep it simple, sister. Keep it simple, saint. Brag on Jesus. Don't get all caught up in the other stuff. Don't be afraid to express your opinion. Don't be afraid to answer if somebody asks you what you think about a particular social issue. But don't make it paramount. Don't make it ultra important. 
because there's only really one important thing, and that important thing is an important one, and his name is Jesus. Till next time, Jack Hager. Adios. Adios.